Hello and welcome to the Project Red podcast. This is Brian. With me is my co-host James. How are you doing, James? Yeah, really good. Thanks, mate. How are things your end? Awesome, awesome. Not bad at all, mate. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm super excited about today's episode. Our guest today is a friend called Rob Tynan. Um, over the past decade, Robert has developed essential leadership skills and a wide range of motivational strategies and has worked with a broad spectrum of clients on five continents. Fitness, personal training and biohacking has played a pivotal role in his professional and personal development. Rob has developed a unique style of movement analysis and training for which he uses to train his team and his clients. Born in Ireland, he has qualified both under the UK and the US systems. He holds the NCEHS in Advanced Training, the gold standard of the American College of Sports Medicine, as well as a Bachelor of Science. If you can bypass all of that. I mean, it's, uh, I'm, I'm a nice guy and I, uh, I've been in the industry for uh, you know, nearly 20 years, so uh, I think we know each other well enough to, to, um, to accept exactly. his qualifications. So let's get to the let's get to the juicy stuff. Hundred percent. Rob writes fitness articles for Buzz.ie and is the founder of Ultimate Body Tech, a travel company called Fitness Adventure Travel, and is the recently the founder of a new app called Morph Fit, which we're going to get to um, in this podcast. Rob, how are you doing, brother? Doing great, thanks. Uh, thanks, Brian. Um, you know, awesome. We're on a lockdown and uh, we're doing kind of uh, as much fitness as we can with the uh, equipment that's available and stuff like that uh, but yeah i mean yeah it's definitely an eye-opener so i'm doing good everyone's healthy and happy and i think uh yeah staying positive fantastic news and you know about the staying positive i've got to be honest with you about something rob um you and i met uh, a couple of years ago at a at some kind of a, a health event in london and I remember the first time I met you, I was like, Jesus, I know I'm going to like this guy. I know I'm going to get along with this guy. You know, when I met you, you're in fantastic shape. You've got this, you've got this sparkle in your eye that when I saw you and I met you, the way you shake hands, the way you speak, I was like, I know this guy is serious. I know he means business. I imagine he's got some goals. I imagine he's going after them. So uh, I'm super stoked to uh, speak to you again today and, and learn a little bit more about uh, what you're into and you know what's going on. So um, Rob, what you know you've been obviously into uh, fitness and health for a very very long time. Can you um, share a little bit about how you got into it and, and what drives you? Sure. Well, thanks very much for uh, you know for the kind words. Um, yeah, I think the I think that event was. Um, I know we met it a few times before that, but the event I think was one of the red light rising events where uh, you had some guest speakers and you were kind enough to invite me along. Is that the event you were talking about? Yeah, I was. Um, that's definitely one of them. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was very enjoyable. Um, yeah, just to say, look, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm honoured to be, to be on here. I've been following you guys and the evolution of Red Light Rising, and I think it's, you know, it really is fantastic what you guys do, both personally and even, you know, I see, I've seen the evolution of, uh, you know, of your social media and some of the articles you've written, and um, I think it's fantastic. So um, thanks, thanks for having me on. Um, awesome. Thank you, brother. So yeah, I mean. Um, I suppose, you know, starting without trying to be, uh, to go, you know, too much into detail, 
being brought up in the countryside, I'm sure uh, you guys can relate to it. You have a tendency to lean towards health and fitness. Um, you know, we uh, growing up in Ireland in the countryside, you know, we used to have to cycle two, three miles just to play a game of football or rugby. You know, so you kind of you're kind of into fitness, even though you don't know it. Um, yeah. So that kind of you know that always resonated with me. The idea of you know, getting healthy it was le- less about the aesthetics and more about kind of, you know, being faster, being better, being stronger. And, um, and yeah, and I was all, always into that. Uh, I was lucky enough to kind of grow up in, in a, deep in the countryside in, in County Leash in Ireland. And everything around you is, is uh, you know, organic and healthy. And, um, uh, yeah, it was wonderful. So I, I fell in love with that kind of lifestyle. And then, um, you know, was... Uh, lucky enough to get the opportunity to go and study abroad, uh, study health and fitness. Obviously, I played sports as a, uh, as a, as a child and then, uh, you know, as a teenager, um, there's football in Ireland. It's, it's Gaelic football. It's like a mixture of, we'll say, um, soccer and rugby, a little rougher than soccer, and, um, but not as kind of full-on tackle as rugby. And, um, you know, played soccer, played rugby, played Gaelic football, and enjoyed the uh, the physical contact of, of sports in general. Um, mm. And then, you know, I carried that through and, and uh, played some sports in university. Um, and then, um, you know, studied physiology and sports science in, in Bedfordshire. And uh, then grabbed as many courses as I could going through it. Once I got, all, you know, got over the initial kind of uh, shock of, of living away from home and, um, you know, uh, falling off the beaten path, got back on track and... And started to kind of really engage with um, different forms of uh, of fitness. Mhm. Mhm. Okay. So, um, you know, when you when you say that you kind of are engaging with different forms of fitness, what does that mean for you? And, you know, what's in in, in your experience? How is the the fitness not not only the practice of fitness, but also the industry of fitness? How has that evolved in your experience? Um. So I think you know. Over the last kind of maybe 20 years, uh, you always saw, you you saw kind of America as the leader in sports science. You know, sports science was kind of a a fandangled kind of non-saying or non-course, really. People were like, what is sports science? And it's only in the the last kind of, you know, 20 years that it's come to this side of the world. Um, I suppose it was America, then it was Australia and and now it's it's Europe that really look at it as an you know an evolving science, uh, and it's it's kind of bled over into um, not just physiology but physiotherapy and and then we know biohacking that kind of healthier lifestyle. So the healthier lifestyle is essentially sports science. Um, it's changed dramatically because I think now you know you have people who are trying to incorporate a healthier lifestyle into their everyday routine. And I think, uh, you know, that's that's kind of become in the last, especially in the last, we'll say, six or seven years since I came back from America, I've, I've noticed people on this side of the world really, you know, taking note of, of the unique side of things, not just things like veganism, but, you know, uh, healthier food being available on the high streets, um, you know, not just your, your average uh, gyms that you go to where you can kind of, you know, go in and just do a, a weight set and leave, but... You know, you're you've got different types of classes that are available, um, different different forms of movement, 
uh, your, your, you know, I suppose your Edo Portal type uh, animal flow type training is, you know, all of these kind of unique styles have, mm. um, have definitely cropped up. And um, I'm not sure where they all started. They probably started in different places. And yeah. they've all now come to the forefront. There's more people interested in it. And if you've got an audience, then it'll grow. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And um, um, you mentioned something there that will probably be some kind of topic for you know the whole of the Project Red podcast. I know James and I touched on it in a previous episode, and that's biohacking. So, um, you know, James and I have already kind of given our um, definition to that. We'll, we'll link to that episode in the show notes uh, if people want to hear our take on biohacking. But uh, what do you tell people, you know, when, when you drop that word biohacking and, you know, you usually get some kind of a confused look? What do you say when someone asks you about biohacking? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I mean, it is a made-up word. We know that. Uh, <laughs> you know, like it's a, it's a kind of like old words. Word. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But it's a, it's a kind of a nouveau, trendy word. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, it's, I, I, I mean, in my opinion, I think biohacking is, is everything from meditation straight through to your supplementation. Um, mm. I, I think anything that can make your life richer, your sleep quality better your body perform better um i think i think that's that's kind of the definition i think where kind of the hacking comes in is the idea of our corporate existence nowadays and the way we kind of the majority of people are stuck at a desk for 8 to 10 to 12 hours a day maybe longer 60 70 hours a week chasing the kind of the the you know the dream lifestyle of more and more money and then you know, you're aiming at this kind of idea of I'm going to be 60, I'm going to be rich, I'm going to be retired. That kind of idea of, you know, hacking maybe past that, hacking through it. And also, um, if you have no time, keeping yourself maximum energy, maximum fit while you are working that hard. So uh, it's kind of like, a, uh, it's twofold, I think. Running through it again, uh, the kind of the, the lifestyle that we've created as in the almost uh, from the this idea of chasing, chasing the book, you know, everybody working harder, working longer, longer hours. And they're almost aiming at this dream idea of, uh, you know, when I retire, I'm going to have it all type thing. But, mm. you know, the idea of biohacking, I think, in its essence, is to incorporate as much into your lifestyle to maximize your health, even though you do have this high intensity of, you know, your high intense job or your, your uh, long work hours, all of this type of stuff. Um, I think, you know, that's biohacking really, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, t two things came to my mind there. Um, like the word hack and the word hacking, it kind of, for me, sometimes it means like a bit of a shortcut. You know, you can kind of, um, you know, a great example, I guess, is like, you know, I take a cold shower before I go to bed and that's like a shortcut to deeper sleep, to better sleep. So it's, you know, that's that's how I think of the word hacking. Um, it's, it's also got a bit of a negative connotation, I think, like hacking. I was just thinking there while you were speaking, it's, it, you know, it makes me think of someone like hacking through the jungle, <laughs> you know, trying to get somewhere. But um, there's a doublon tons there, right? You know, like uh, maybe we're just discovered on this podcast. Imagine that. Woohoo! Um, maybe we have, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So, I mean, look, the idea of, of uh, hacking through life is definitely negative. You don't want to be doing that. Yeah. Like, that's tough. Um, and I suppose, as you say, a shortcut. It's, it's just, it's, an, it's an, a nouveau word. You know, we know yeah. what it means. The idea of uh, biohacking, I think shortcut, shortcut is not also not a great idea because people are taking shortcuts all the time and looking for this, um, this healthier, fitter look. But it's, you know, it's a lifestyle. But without doing, doing the work. work. Exactly, yeah, it's a lifestyle. These are, you know, listen, you've heard the saying, it takes a village to raise a child, right? I mean, it, uh-huh. takes, it takes an ecosystem to sustain a healthy lifestyle. And it's yeah. that ecosystem that is, that's what the biohack is. A little bit of everything. Exactly, exactly. I think the hacking is also sounds, it makes me think of cheating, these shortcuts people are looking for. But I think for biohacking, it's adopting natural protocols that are, you know, our ancestors did most days. But it's amazing how, how big an impact these sort of natural approaches can be. And how, you know, the significant increase in performance for your body and mind that can be sustained by just using these simple biohacks. So they're definitely not cheating, but it just makes me think of these shortcuts could be interpreted like that. Yeah, yeah, 100%, 100%. I mean, look, we, um, I think, you know, just going back to your, your original question, Brian, about, you know, um, you know what, what has changed in the world now, you know, the first time you, uh-huh. you asked, like, I mean, you look at, you know, just crop into my mind, things like Wim Hof, you know, he was seen, you know, Wim Hof, absolutely of course. yeah of course you do yeah sorry so wim hof i mean he was seen kind of as a bit of a kook you know 10 15 years ago and now since this kind of coronavirus and everything else you know anything that can boost your immunity has come to the forefront and i've heard doctors and um you know immunologists mention not just wim hof but his methodology of deep breathing and uh anything you know even even you as you said cold shower therapy things like that that can boost your immunity uh-huh. yeah yeah you've um you both brought up a, a couple of things that i want to just kind of get your opinions on so james mentioned there um you know like increasing performance and i, I think that's also like um you know, that's, that's a word we need to be difficult about because, you know, the, the three of us I know are, you know, looking to increase our performance in the gym. I know Rob does a lot of martial arts and, you know, James is very active as well. So when, when we say performance, you know, I'm thinking like I want to get stronger. I want to be able to do these complex uh, weighted movements. But, you know, a housewife can also be looking to increase her performance. It doesn't mean she's, you know, she's trying to become an athlete. But, you know, a performance can mean something as simple as getting up at 6 a.m. and feeling great. That's an improvement in performance, in my opinion. Yeah, I know. I agree 100 percent. 100 percent. I mean, the idea of people thinking, oh, it's not for me. Uh, mm. No, you're right. 100 percent. I mean, performance is essentially if you look at your body as, you know, it's it's a well-oiled machine and you want it to perform. <laughs> you know, you want it to perform and you want it to perform not just today. I mean, for a woman, you've got various different hormonal changes. Not, you know, every day of the month your hormones are slightly different. And I'm sure, you know, yeah. if we'll discover as we go forward, the same for men. You know, we've got different changes that we go through not just on a yearly basis, but on a monthly basis. And mm. um I think, you know, key performance indicators are are coming to the forefront. You know, you've got bioidentical hormone tests, you've got much 
uh, many different things that uh, that you know you're looking at to to try and improve performance. But as you said, yeah, it's not just elite athletes. It's not just your you know your amateur athletes. It's uh, you know the average person who's trying to get up early and feel uh, invigorated. Yeah, not not feel like you know absolute trash. Um, and and a big part of that is you know like you also mentioned a, a little while ago is you know your whole ecosystem has to kind of you know, be decent at least, you know, I know for a lot of people that are, you know, in not in ideal situations, so they maybe have a job that they don't really enjoy, but it pays the bills. You've just got to, as much as possible, make sure everything in your life is as close to as you want it to be, to be. So that, you know, that, that, you know, if you wake up to a job that you hate, no matter, you know, no matter how much you're biohacking your life, if you hate your job, like you're not going to feel good, you're not going to be in a good mood, you know. Um, and saying that, uh, you mentioned like an ecosystem of, of biohacks. Can you tell us a little bit about your ecosystem, Rob? Have you got some interesting things going on? Sure. Um, so just just to kind of before before I forget. So like what I say to people is, um, you know, if you've got, you know, if you have a hectic lifestyle and you do have a, a, like some of our clients or many of our clients and, um, you know, you have got, you know, two kids and you've got a wife and, or, you know, or you are the wife and both have high powered jobs. The likelihood of, of uh, following an old school um, exercise routine or, or daily routine where you're, you know, you're kind trying to hit 90 minutes a day to get fit. It's very difficult. It's not feasible. Mm. So, you know, I think the idea of um, maximizing that time, baby steps and adding biohacking essentially to your lifestyle is key um so starting don't start you know don't look at the whole mountain look at the baby steps start with mm. you know half an hour twice a week now i think the with the coronavirus you can look really more at home trainings a lot of people who are looking at kind of like a uh, you know a yoga routine and i'm sure you've noticed as well like increase kind of um requests about you know your red light therapy you know something like a 15 minute yoga routine in, in front of your um you know your half stack lamp or something like that could really yeah. kickstart your day right into something that would be a, a a fantastic change not only in hormone levels but in your energy levels and that might only be twice a week but it's a great start and um, I think that type of attitude of, you know, oh, I'll start next year, I'll do four times a week, I promise myself this, that's, that kind of attitude doesn't, need, doesn't really need to be, it doesn't have any place, you know. Um, so, yeah, my routine. Um, well, you know, uh, other than the lockdown, my usual routine would be, um, you know, I'm up reasonably early, uh, you know, probably about... 6.30, 6.45, I try and get, I try and do the, um, the 15 minute, uh, Wim Hof breathing, uh, three rounds of his breathing. Um, mm -hmm. I usually get at least four, four days a week where I get that done, you know? Um, are you using, um, are you using his app or have you got one of his courses? How do you do that? Yeah, I actually, I only use, I was using it before the app. So I just, there's a, a timer on, um, on YouTube. Um, I okay. have I have his app as well, and the app is is, is excellent. Um, there's just a timer on YouTube that I'm used to. Do you know what I mean? And um, he has a little a little motivational thing where he goes through and he goes, "Come on, you're doing great when you're on round two. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So, so uh, I've gotten used to that now. You know what I mean? I know where I am where I when I hold his 
when I and that's not on the app. So when I, you know, I'm holding my breath and uh, I can, I said, you know, come on, you're doing great. I know exactly where I am. So I'm like, okay, try a little bit harder. Um, yeah, and then I, um, uh, so you know, some days I'll, um, at least three days a week, I, uh, I'll, I'll um, do one of a partial fast. So I won't eat until maybe two o'clock in the afternoon. Okay. Um, and then if I do, um, if I'm doing, we'll say, uh, jiu-jitsu training on that day, uh, I'll probably eat, you know, um, maybe around lunchtime and then again kind of around 4, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock because uh, um, I know that I've got a, a late class. So um, my routine essentially depends on uh, kind of uh, my physical exertion, if that makes sense, yeah, on the day. Yeah, 100%. You know? Um, but, uh, what else I do, uh, cryotherapy, um, once every, uh, every week if I can. Um, and, uh, that's a stand up cryo and, um, and yeah. And then, um, I'm doing a, I'm experimenting at the moment with, um, uh, peptides. Have you heard of peptides? Um, I have heard of them. I don't know a lot about them. Uh, maybe James knows something. Yeah, there's some reading about them, just some of the basic peptides around recovery, things like BPC-157, TB-500. Um, so I used uh, some, some sort of short courses of those post the shoulder operation I had, uh, just to help facilitate the recovery mechanisms. That's exactly right. Yeah, precisely, yeah. Um, what are peptides, Rob? Do you know a bit more? Yeah, I mean, they're essentially amino acids. And that they, um, you know, they, they as... Uh, James said they facilitate the healing in the body. Not all of them. I mean, there's there's multiple versions, and I can't claim to be you know an expert. But uh, the body, uh, the BPC, which is body protecting compound, I believe, well, one five seven, which uh, facilitates. I think it's uh, thirty thirty six amino acids. Would that be right? Something along those lines. And um, uh, yeah, and then that mixes with uh, TB five hundred, and it, uh, it facilitates healing. So. Uh, that's a part of my biohacking at the moment because I had a thing called uh, um, PES, which is a uh, it's like a goose foot. Called, it's called goose foot. It's a tendonitis of the inner knee. Um, so uh, yeah, so I mean I, I, that's gone fantastically well. Um, and by the way, anybody who's listening to this, I'm not giving you know I'm just t- talking about my routine. I'm not giving anyone advice to do anything. Um, yeah, this yeah. is just my routine. Um, so yeah, I mean that that would be my, you know, almost taking the uh, the the Ben Greenfield kind of approach of of uh, personal journey biohacking and uh, trying a yeah. little bit on myself. So um, yeah, um, that that's the most adventurous side of my biohacking at the moment with the uh, the peptides and the injury recovery. Um, yeah, so that's it, man. Uh, you know. Are, are peptides something you can? I mean, where do you get peptides from? Online. You can get them online. Yeah. Um. There's a company. Uh, I'm not going to mention them on here, just in case. Uh. But I. Uh. I researched them and I. Uh, I spoke to them and they. Um. They import their peptides directly from the U.S. And uh, I spoke to the the owner of the company a few times and um. They've been going for about nine years, you know, so they seem quite good. Um, there's a, a Ben Greenfield, again, mentioning him. He he has probably done extensive research on it, and there's a company in the U.S. that he recommends. So, um, you know, and he's he's probably um, uh, he's probably 
connected to that company and maybe done even more more research on it so i'm always wary of recommending people until you know uh, of recommending companies until i've done more extensive research you know i'm still in the in the embryonic stage of, of researching it on myself okay um do you know the name of the company that ben greenfield recommends so we just we'll link it in the show notes for people that want to check it out okay cool um and <laughs> you mentioned goosefoot what is that <laughs> yeah goosefoot is there's um there is uh three ligaments that that uh it's called pes right there's three ligaments um and they uh they they kind of go on they go down on the um the inside of your your knee right like like a medial uh, just next to the medial uh collateral ligament okay okay and um they have a tendency to they it's, it looks like a, a three-pronged goose foot that's why they call it goose foot it's nothing to do uh, nothing to do with a, a goose foot um so uh yeah and then uh, i have a tendency because of the um you know the type of routine and workout that i do uh, uh that's that's exactly what um i suffer from okay all right and you, you were saying that the the peptides have been really helpful in recovering with that is that what you said exactly um so i do kind of uh you know um i won't say david goggins stretch routine but i uh, i use what's known as a hypervolt uh to kind of warm up the uh the muscles and break down some of the tissue um after a, a workout or after a routine and then i do a a, a kind of a 15 20 minute um stretch routine and then i add another 15 minutes specifically on those areas that i need to 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 work on okay uh did you say you use a hypervolt hypervolt yeah what's that hypervolt is a percussion massage device um, oh okay similar to you know you have your you know your tim time time which is the original one then you have a theragun mm-hmm. um I'm writing an article at the moment just on the uh, comparative study of Hypervolt uh, and the Terragun and the um, and the Tim Tam. There are three devices, quite oh, similar, cool. but they, oh, cool. they, they all have kind of, some of them have positives and, you know, negatives to them, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, that'll be really cool, man. Please uh, please send that article to us when it's ready. I'm, I'm super interested. I actually... Um, uh, I'd be interested to get your opinion on this, and, and actually maybe James too. I've I've never asked James about this. Um, what do you guys think about foam rolling? Um, so I mean, look, I I like it. I I think it's fantastic. Just so so the the uh, the pe the uh, the goose foot. I always forget. So there's a uh, just so you know, it's there's three insertions, and uh, it's right down below the knee, and it's the uh, the medial semitendinous, the gracilis, and the sartorius. Mm. Just so you know, so these three meet and they meet right underneath at the uh, the bony excursion of the knee and the inside, and that's what causes inflammation or that it, co- it they become inflamed like tendonitis at the elbow, but right in that area. Um, that. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, foam rolling. Um, yeah, I think foam rolling is fantastic. I really enjoy foam rolling. I think uh, there's a lot of misinformation about it. People kind of um, tend to foam roll directly onto the um the, the painy parts like as in the pain like we'll say the, your iliotibial tract your it band which runs um from your uh, your hip bone right down to your knee 
Um, that's, you know, different things like that. That's probably not the best idea. Uh, not that it's going to do much harm. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, it's like taking a baseball bat to a rubber band. It doesn't do that much, that much, hasn't that much of effect. Um, okay. so, uh, there's, um, there's a couple of guys, uh, Jeff Cavalier, do you know, have you heard of this guy, Jeff Cavalier? Yeah, that's uh, Athlean X, right? Yes, exactly. He has, he's a real fantastic sports scientist. And, um, I mean, he's got fantastic uh, descriptive videos on things like foam rolling and, and the way you kind of, uh, you can, they can use it. I would consider foam rolling used in the right way, you know, even using hypervolts or, you know, uh, Theragun, all of these things I would consider as uh, prehab, rehab, biohacking as well. Yeah. You know, to, to recover yeah. faster and, you know, and um, help your mobility and help your uh, mobilization. Yeah, I totally agree with that as well. And I, I've adopted quite similar to you, Rob, that I've got a weekly kind of stretching routine. I try and do once, maybe twice a week. And I foam roll once a week as well. And again, I think you mentioned the IT band. Again, I just think if you're getting knee pain, a lot of people say you know, if that inner knee pain sometimes comes from your, your IT band being too tense. But again, the strength of the IT band is like a piece of steel, so you're not going to be able to foam roll that, and it only provides short-term relief. It's because of other tension in your sort of your groin and hip area that's going to be causing that knee pressure. And so with foam rolling, you've got to target the muscles that are malleable and try and work out any sort of tension and look at the sort of the sheath that covers them, you know, all your muscles to try and loosen that off. And the interconnectedness nature of your whole body, again, tension in your groin could cause pain in your outer knee. So again, it's putting you know, the whole body together and making sure it's, it's a working me- mechanism. Yeah, precisely, yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's best to, to kind of have a visual when you're doing something like that. You know, um, it's, it's difficult to, uh, to have a description of it, you know. So I would always refer people to, to some of the videos. Um, I think Ultimate Body Tech, we did one about two years ago on the uh, on our Facebook page for for foam rolling the uh, uh, releasing the IT band, um, and I think I believe you know Jeff Cavalier has a lot of them, um, you know there's a there's a couple of great guys out there. You you probably have some have some uh, videos about this as well, have you? Um, <laughs> not really. And actually, um, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because just before I got on this phone call with you guys, I was rolling my IT band. Because it feels so damn good, man. That's the problem, you know. There's nothing, it's not that there's, there's, you know, it's not like, uh, you know, I'm not an extremist in the way that I would say, oh my God, oh my God, don't do that. I know what you mean. It does feel a little bit of relief, you know, and you're, you know, let's say, Brian, I know you and you're a little bit of a sycophant, so you're attracted to that kind of pain, which is, (laughs) you know, what drives a lot of us who are in love with, you know, uh, athleticism along or or performance, let's say. Um, The average person, that pain is a little bit too much for them, you know, so um, it's, there's a little bit, it's, it's not that you you don't rolling your IT band all the time. What you got to do, it's a bit of a waste of time. You can roll it, of course, and it feels a bit better, like right there and then. It's the, uh, it's like imagine a um, a rope bridge. Okay, you got to look at the either either ends of the rope bridge, right? There's no point in uh, in kind of fixing it from the middle. So okay. uh, if you kind of um, you got to look at your hip flexor, you got to look at the uh, the uh, lower quad. Uh, you know, and even even the vastest muscles, and you can release them, and then slowly that'll help with your IT band. You know. Okay. And again, that's, that's listen, super- sorry, 
everybody, every litter, this is what I'm discovering, you know, like almost the 10,000 hour rule, which you're both familiar with, right? The more yeah. bodies you see, you know, earlier on, you mentioned the education. Education only starts when you finish your qualifications. You know, you don't, you know, you finish your qualifications, you know a lot, you know, from, you know, you're book smart, but you don't know anything about actual bodies. I mean, you've got so many different bodies out there and every body has a different effect because certain people spend so long doing certain things, whether it's sitting, whether it's, you know, uh, carpal t- uh, tunnel syndrome from using a mouse, you know, there's different bodies. So you got to take every person as an individual. Yeah. Hundred percent, and um, you know, I've I unfortunately have a lot of experience in that because, you know, I worked for a, as a carpenter for about ten years, and after a few years of of doing that, I I developed, you know, I had I had this ongoing back injury. I've always had a bad. Well, I didn't always have a bad back. In two thousand three, I had a bad. I, I injured my back, and then I became a carpenter, and it just made my back worse. And it took me about ten years to realize why. And the reason why is because I ended up building a lot of furniture, like built-in furniture. So that meant, you know, if I was building something around a a chimney or an alcove or some bookshelves, it meant I spent a lot of my time on my hands and knees. So that means that, you know, my hip flexor is is constantly um, contracted and it, it just got so tight that if I stood up too vigorously almost, my hip flexor would pull on my spine and then pull my spine out for two weeks. And I just couldn't figure it out, man. And then, then I realized, you know, then I learned about the psoas muscle and, I, and I, I, I learned how to find the psoas muscle. And I realized it was, it was so tight, you know, deep inside my abdomen and that if I touched it, it was like an electric shock uh, above my hip and like, you know, around my guts. And then, you know, when I learned how to stretch that with, with the lunges and the, and the warriors and yoga, now I stretch it every single day and touch wood, my back pain has gone. It's been gone for a couple of years now. And, you know, I feel like I have a new life, you know. I mean, and you hit the nail on the head. Like it's, it's you know, you're unique to your lifestyle. You know what I mean? And, and from an outside perspective, you know, old school physiotherapy would have said, you know, they would have looked at you and they would have given you some rehab, but they wouldn't have looked at the origin, the cause, the no. lifestyle. And that's, you know, back to biohacking, that's what it is. That biohacking is your routine for you, you know? Yeah. Um, the psoas muscle is an interesting one. I actually just got sent a um, something by a company. It's not the, I think it's a relative new company. Have you seen it? It's called uh, Soas Right. And it looks, no. like, it looks like a small saddle. Uh, I'll, I'll send you the details at the end. But essentially, yeah. it's a small saddle and you lie on it. A lot of UFC fighters, a lot of kind of... Um, Guys who put their probably CrossFitters, guys who are putting their, their themselves through severe, uh, their body through severe kind of uh, trauma, uh, have again really tight psoas muscles. Such a difficult thing to get to, and uh, this little, uh, it's it's like a little saddle that you lie on top of and try and move move around a little bit, and it just eventually just releases the psoas muscle, which is deep deep, um, you know, underneath a lot of that abdominal tissue. That sounds incredible. Have you? So you've got one and you're using it? Yeah, I've got one. I, they, it arrived about uh, probably about a week, two weeks ago, we'll say. And uh, I've been using it. I really, you know, initially it's kind of painful. It's difficult to find. Um, but then, you know, it's suddenly like this epiphany. It just suddenly just lifts after about four or five minutes of lying there. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very surprised. And it's very, very awesome. I'm 
definitely going to look into that because you know in my experience like working on my psoas and working to lengthen it and 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 relax it a little bit has made all the difference man all the difference in the world i think that uh that the company is called uh it's pso-rite.com psoasrite.com pso-rite.com yeah yeah cool We'll link to that in the bio for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just yeah, I, I mean, mean like you know, back to back to our original conversation. There's you know, I mean, there's ten years ago you wouldn't have seen people come out with this. They were looking at superficial muscles and uh, you know simple things. Now yeah. everybody's looking a little bit deeper, a little bit further, a little bit more, and as you say, at performance. But performance is, mm. you know, it's a universal word for for the person on the street. Yeah. And I mean, just to go to your point there, you know, like athletes are running faster, jumping higher, hitting harder, getting stronger, getting bigger. And that's because we've, you know, like you say, we're starting to drill down into the details of, you know, not only in the context of a professional athlete, but in the context of a human body. We're starting to get to the details. So whether you're a housewife and, you know, you've just got to be up at six and you've got to take care of two kids and, and two dogs and whatever else, um, we now that we we're getting a much clearer picture on what makes the human body thrive you know the housewife can thrive and the professional athlete will run faster and jump higher because of these you know these these various little biohacks we're talking about for sure i mean i don't think there's anything i think uh, there's more house husbands now than there is housewives because so many people yeah. are, so many people are working from home i think it's uh it's 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 a mixed bag right so yeah, yeah. there's um you know there's a there's a serious change on the horizon or it's come over the last five, six years. I think it's, uh, everybody who, um, who is into fitness and, uh, is into health and wellbeing, like you mentioned, even those who are only doing it once or twice a week are looking for those, those biohacks, be it the average, yeah. the average Joe man, woman or child, you know, um, you mentioned something there earlier on about the, uh, you know, uh, delving deep into the athletic performance. Um, I think you know what also has uh, has really come to the forefront in the last three to four years is um, sometimes less is more. Uh, yes. You know um, the thing you know biohacking can 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 lead you down a thought process of you know as as uh, I think James said fast cheats quick fixes but less is more often you can you can push yourself hard but then you know you can do something it's not doing it's. Doing the same thing all the time is not good. So working the same muscle groups hard, hard, hard all the time is definitely not good, you know? Yes. And um, uh, I wrote an article called, it was called Forward Moving Creatures. And I think then it was, uh, it was, I I involved something about EMS into it as well and and republished it under buzz.ie. But basically the, the, the whole concept was that, like you mentioned, Brian, Having a job that is kind of forward moving, most people are forward moving, so they end up with this dominance of front deltoids. You know, your quadriceps is dominant. You've tight hip flexors, so that posterior chain engagement ends up not necessarily being there. Um, mm-hmm. So then people end up, you know, looking to do hard, fast training, and they end up going to either you know classes or to go for runs, and again maybe spinning. And these type of things, again, are forward moving. They're dominant. And they, uh, they're they using the same muscle groups maybe three or four times a week. So 
from that perspective, that's what I mean. Less is more. Looking at uh, alternative ways of training, different bo- different body parts, or even uh, different um, underlying muscles, uh, are, is very, very, very important. Yeah, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head there, you know. And again, this is something that I've experienced. Um, I never, I never did deadlifts until two years ago because i was you know i was so you know at that stage and and previous to that stage i was i was like so concerned with aesthetics you know so i was like looking at a deadlift and i'm going how's my chest going to get bigger with uh, deadlifts how's my biceps going to get bigger with deadlifts um but then when i you know when i started working on my psoas and then my back started actually feeling better so i could actually do deadlifts i started doing them and it's you know, it's not necessarily, I mean, my aesthetics, you know, you know, my posterior chain has grown because of the deadlifts, which is, you know, it's not necessarily about looking good, but I feel amazing just since I've, yeah, it's stronger all over just because I've incorporated deadlifts into my, uh, into my, my, my regular routine. And, you know, when, when people ask me like, ah, oh, bro, I want to start working out. What do you recommend? Deadlifts, man. Learn how to do a deadlift and start with that and then go to squats and then push-ups and then pull-ups. You know, if you've only got... Yeah, you're right. Calisthenics and, and, and deadlifts combined are, are very, very good. I mean, I think you train mostly barefoot, don't you? Um, yeah, it depends what I'm doing. I mean, if I'm... Uh, I, I generally wear shoes because, you know, I wear like those, those Chuck Taylors, the very flat sole, um, just because I like to start my workouts with uh, some skipping. You know, I'm working on my... I'm working on my double unders right now and I'm, I'm actually getting, I'm getting there surprisingly. But, um, you know, then after that, I'll take off my shoes. I'll go, you know, it's, it's a biohack. I'll go work out on the grass in the sun, get my feet in the dirt, you know, connect to the earth. And, and, and one of the other reasons I work out barefoot is because, you know, the, the strength in my opinion and experience, it has to start in the base. You know, you have to get your feet strong. You have to get your ankles strong, your calves activated, your knees activated, um, then you can, you know, just just by activating, you know, the lower leg, you'll you'll have a stronger squat. You'll have a stronger deadlift. If you're wearing, um, you know, these fancy, expensive Nike shoes, which are really cool, really trendy, but they've got these jacked up heels and these really soft, cushy soles, your feet are basically asleep. So then you just, you know, you're stacking your your hips on top of your knees, on top of your ankles, with minimal muscle engagement supporting all those joints, and you know, you're, you're either going to get injured or you're just not going to be able to push as hard as you could push if, you know, if all your muscles were engaged properly. Great point. It's a great point. Like, and, and also, you know, your shoes take on your bad habits very quickly. You're, you know, your, your yeah. soft shoes take on your bad habits. So if you are, you know, um, if you do have a valgus knee issue or if you are turning in on your, on your, with a slightly fallen arch, you know, very quickly when you add a little bit of weight to that, you are going to create that deeper imprint and it's going to yeah tighten your hips your lower back round your shoulders you know and have that leaning tower of pisa effect in a very short space of time uh, yeah yeah are you still doing uh, triathlons james um i had to retire from triathlon about three years ago just because it was such a huge demand on time but but as you said it was also putting your body through so much physical stress just to, just to, due to the sheer volume you do inherently get a lot of niggles and injuries. I just felt it wasn't sustainable balancing working life, married life, and um, as I was training at the time, pretty much professional triathlon career. So it was a, it was a little bit too much. 
Um, but, but going back to some of the principles you've said, you've, you've talked a lot about the f- building a foundation of health and your morning practice, your stretching. You know, what else have you done there that you found has been most effective for training to achieve the athletic body that you have done though? Um, like like uh, uh, Brian said, I, I would say, you know, adding, listening to my body. Like, so um, I, I would say not, again, just to kind of, you know, um, not mislead your, your, your listeners. You have to look at where you are in your life. If you're 21 years of age and you're, you know, you, you have that you know, desire for, for more aesthetics, your recovery time is going to be a little bit greater. You've got that, uh, you, you know, you can probably, you can probably push your body through a little bit more um, and, and still do things like your aggressive sports, you know. Um, I think you, but you still got to listen to your body. Um, what I mean is, for instance, doing a heavy gym routine and then going and doing a, um, you know, something like, we'll say, jujitsu or Muay Thai or, or even a game of, of, of soccer, uh, you know, it's, it's not a good idea. You wouldn't do a heavy chest day and then go, you know, and, and go and play a game of rugby the next day because you're, not because you can't, but the buildup of that is more likely to injure you. So you've got to kind of look at the opportunity cost. Um, so I, I kind of do that more and more. I, I, uh, I have because I'm, you know, I have uh, I've trained for so long. I have a, lo- a little bit more mature muscle. So, you know, I don't lose muscle as quickly as we'll say somebody who might be younger, uh, although I probably gain adipose tissue a little bit quicker. I won't train heavy. I might use elastic bands to train, you know, one or two days a week, do EMS one day a week and do maybe a, a heavy weight session one day a week now. Uh, and then that will listen to my body and, and I'll fit my kind of maybe my, uh, you know, a little bit of boxing and my jujitsu into that, um, into that routine. Does that make sense? Yeah. A hundred percent. That's something actually, which, you know, not a, I just wanted to kind of express to, to some of the listeners out there, to people that are, you know, thinking about getting into, you know, some kind of a, a strength training routine. It's so easy and it's, I struggle with this myself. It's so easy to do, you know, like a heavy chest day on Monday, heavy squats on Tuesday, you know, heavy back on Wednesday. It's so tempting because it's like we want to chase that that exhaustion and that fatigue and that muscle soreness. So, um, you know, I really can understand why people chase that. But to, to go to your point there, you know, I'm kind of, I'm working out now. My program is uh, what, what the Strong First organization calls waviness. So I have one heavy day a week where I go really, really heavy. And then straight after that, I have a day off where I'll, I'll eat really well. I'll sleep really well. I'll just, you know, really relax, really chill out. And then I'll do a light day, a medium day, a light day, and a medium day. And it's, it's, it, it, takes, it takes discipline because on my light days, I'm a little bit bored. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, man, I want to like, get a pump. I want to get a sweat. Yeah. Yeah, you, you know, exactly. You feel you're stronger and, and you feel like you're wasting time because you're doing a light session. But I tell you what, man, like, you know, to go to your point, like the more the more I recover and the more I pay attention to my sleep and, and my recovery protocols, the more gains I get. I'm getting more muscular. I'm getting stronger. My injuries are almost non-existent, touch wood. Um, and that's because I'm, 
you don't you don't punish yourself every time you work out and you know for for the newbies out there that are that are looking to get into a strength program or a workout routine like you know take it easy man you know get help for starters definitely hire a coach um, yeah what was that did you say that's called waviness that's phenomenal. I love that name yeah it's um are you familiar with strong first no so strong first is um it's run by a guy called Pavel Tatsulin he was um, actually recently on Joe Rogan. It's definitely worth a listen. I'm familiar with him. I didn't know the name of his program. And I saw so his Joe Rogan podcast. It's very good. Yeah, he's the guy that um, brought kettlebells to the US at first. H- hardcore Russian dude. And he talks a lot about like, you know, there's no point going to failure because you're just ruining your body. Do you want to Do you want to get stronger? Or, you know, I mean, the thing about strong first as, as much as I love them, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a certified strong first bodyweight coach and I'm really working hard on the kettlebells. Um, you know, they, they, they're all about longevity. You know, they're about getting strong, but also longevity. So they never, ever teach you to go to failure. They never, ever teach you to like kill yourself in a workout because you're not going to be able to work out the next day or the next day and you're possibly going to blow out a joint. Um, so they came, I mean, I don't know if they came up with it, but, but their version is called waviness and that's, that's, you wave the intensity, the volume and the density of your workouts. Mentioning that there's a very, very famous, um, uh, mixed martial arts coach and his name is, uh, Faraz Zahabi and he runs a company called TriStar in Canada. And there's a friend of mine called Joe Duffy, who was, uh, an MMA, uh, he's still in the UFC, um, and he trains under him. Uh, two excellent guys. But Faraz uh, Zahabi has mentioned many times about not training to your full capacity all the time. You know? Yes. And I, and I agree with that. You know, there's two things yeah. that you mentioned. That's a really fantastic way of looking at it. And I, you're like, yeah, your program sounds, yeah, you know, right. It sounds spot on. Um, that's why I also believe that um, things like, you know, you got to take into consideration uh, tactile proprioception, which is you know the messages going from your the bare the bare foot up to the uh, up to the brain and all the way through. That's vital, and also elastic bands. Elastic bands have a different effect on the muscle. You know, um, I think that a uh, the way you can train with bands and body weight, you can uh, you can really capitalize on strength. Uh, without jarring your your joints you know so yes you know i i do a lot with bands and uh I, you know i recommend our clients to do a lot with bands and as you said maybe one massive blast and then uh, listen to the body teeter it out um but but more compound movements and less less body specific days yes exactly i mean i, I think those heavy days are important because you really gotta you, you gotta put your body in this kind of stressful situation at least once a week because that's when you get the growth hormone. That's when you get the big adaptations. Because your body is going, Jesus, you know, have we fallen down a hole? Did it, you know, are we in some kind of trouble that we need to lift all this heavy weight? I better get stronger so that the next time I have to, you know, next time there's an emergency, uh, I'll have the strength, you know. So we we need to we need to stress our muscles, you know, once a week, like you know, close to not to failure, but very very heavy, um, so that we get those positive adaptations. Um, the shock factor that's a great word that's a great word um i wanted to ask you you know you've, you've got a couple of businesses going on and 
I know, you know, and that's one of the things why I'm inspired by you because you do have a lot going on. And, and I think I, from what I can tell, they're all passion businesses. Um, I'd love to know more about them. You've mentioned EMS a couple of times. Can you can you go into what that is for a minute? Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Um, so uh, when I was in university, we were uh, experimenting with um, uh, electromuscle stimulation a little bit on uh, the effect. Now, you know, uh, it's been around a long time, the effect on the muscles. Um, electromuscle stimulation is essentially a um, it's a band of electricity that you place directly onto the the muscles and then you um, you stimulate the contraction. Uh, as you know, you've got agonist and antagonistic muscles, so the idea of stimulating the both at the same time and then taking your body through a, uh, a you know a, a movement structured workout or a structured movement workout um, puts again a stress on the body, which is unique. Um, so EMS is essentially your brain creates, you know, electricity. Let's just call it electricity. It is electricity. It signals that go to the muscles that create uh, contraction. And um, going back to what we spoke about, having a, a dominant anterior and a poor posterior chain has has given rise to uh, many, many injuries. And our lifestyle, you know, from early age right through to uh, to, to later life has gotten worse because we're now sitting way more. It's way easier to sit, way easier to do nothing. You know, our phones, we look down, you know, you've got a new condition called text neck where kids are developing this. Do you know, have you heard of this? Uh, no, I mean, I, I know what you're referring to, but I didn't know it actually had a name already. Yeah, so it's basically where you've got the, uh, you know, almost a fusion of the, um, the, the upper vertebrae where people are looking down so much that they, uh, they they don't even have that mobility to look fully up anymore um and and it's you know it's it's a condition and it's it makes sense i mean you could call it devolution but the human body adapts we evolve into what we do most if you lie in bed for six months and you don't move your muscles will waste away simple yeah, yeah. if you sit down all day for six to twelve hours those muscles, your body thinks you know what's best for it. So your brain will go, okay, I'll make you the best sitter there is. <laughs> Simple as that. So you evolve into that. And that means turning off the electricity to certain parts of the body, which includes your glutes, includes your lower back, includes your middle back. Essentially, those muscles that are what's known as the posterior chain. And in order to reactivate them, I find that electromuscle stimulation allows that pathway to be reopened quicker. So it's not a, you know, uh, as uh, uh, James said, it's not, a, you know, a biohacking cheat. You know, it's hard work. You, you add EMS to a routine and you create this better functional movement through turning the brain on and meeting that signal from the EMS. That's essentially okay. in a nutshell what, what I use it for. There's a lot of things out there that people say, you know, oh, it's, you know, it's a fast track to fitness. You only have to do this. And, you know, I. Uh, Again, I always believe less can be more, and uh, I believe that uh, every body literally is different. So what we prescribe is going to be a little bit different uh, when you come in and you do your body analysis to one of our, our studios. Okay, so um, you know I've I've used EMS, so I, I know what it looks like. But for those that are you know that aren't aware of it, can you just like explain what it what it how how does it look? You know, if you're going to put on an EMS device and do a workout, how does that look? Sure, sure. Um, there's different types out there, different suits, different different machines. Uh, in general, um, you know, 
the you have um you have a suit that you put on and some some of them are an all-in-one suit like a wetsuit um some of them are two parts where you put a jacket on and then you uh you wrap trousers around and then you have another one where you um you wrap a belt around your glutes you wrap a jacket around and it has different electrodes for each muscle part and then you put straps on your knees so you know all in all it's about getting the uh, electrodes to the muscle you know and then you you usually in most of them um what you do is you um you create a uh, a slight a better conductivity by by dampening those electrodes and then placing them on the body so how does this okay. differ from a, a complex kind of setup because i've got a complex which i use generally for kind of massage therapy recovery blood stimulation um and there are settings in there that you can say you want to build more muscle by doing more intense training but how does the ems differ to something that's more conventional like a, like a complex complex uses ems right there's yeah, different correct. forms yeah, of complex. Yeah, so see, like, you know, without getting too far into it, there's various different forms of electricity. You know, you have uh, EMS, right, electromuscle stimulation, which is a thicker band that we use, creates a contraction, a deep contraction. You have FES, um, and then FES is, is used ge- uh, generally in hospitals where people have had some form of, uh, of trauma, and they're often maybe uh, finding their way back. It's... Um, I believe it's smaller amounts of electricity that are distributed through the body, uh, usually in a seated position, um, and and you can kind of uh, help somebody activate those muscles, but um, it's not as intense as EMS. Um, then you have TENS, tentative TENS, which uh, is supposed to be below the level of contraction. Um, and uh, that, I think, they've recommended for various different people for or, uh, to help get over pain, pain um, inhibit pain, um, and and now you've recently discovered in the last four or five years, uh, micro, which is MENS, which um, is almost like a direct healing on the mitochondria, like uh, two large knitting needles, and a um, a uh, a large ball on the top of it, and you run through, break down the tissue, and help help uh, help recovery. And it helps uh, facilitate faster mitochondria uh, healing. Um, there's a friend of mine, uh, Tony Floreal. Um, he is a practitioner of uh, MENS in uh, California, and he works with a lot of NFL athletes. He's he's a great guy. Um, so yeah, how does it differ? I mean, you look at a compact device. It's a compact device. It's small. It's unique, and uh, it's just on one muscle group. Um, this is a little bit more powerful. You have a greater range. Uh, it's an all bo- a whole body, and um, you know it should be used uh, with a professional so that the professional can correct your moves. Um, you're you know it's it's as easy or easier to pick up bad habits as it is to pick up good habits. So with your compact device, you're using it on maybe one or two muscle groups. So it's not really that big a deal if you're using it and then you're you know, you're, you're slightly off with your, with your movement or you're slightly off with your, um, with your movement pattern, you could have a bad habit. Whereas if you've got an entire body covered in, in a suit and all of the actual electrodes and you're, you're, you have a bad habit of, uh, maybe being front loaded, flat footed, you're going to, you know, you're essentially training yourself to have worse habits. And uh, the body will uptake that and create those habits quicker. So you're creating worse habits, if that makes sense. Is that making sense? Yeah. yeah. 
yeah yeah so like with the compacts it is ems um i believe the um the hertz they use a little bit lower um the strength of the device a little bit lower and it's individual so i i think compact is a fantastic device it really is good um you've got a lot of uh you've got a lot of commercial units that are coming out now i think ronaldo uses one and or he he's got his name behind one um but then again there's a lot of misinformation you know you can't just stick these on your on your abs and uh you know on your biceps and then your glutes and and then just you know lie there and hope for the best that's you know it doesn't work like that it's superficial that superficial muscle won't it won't generate a staying power you know it'll contract it and it'll be gone you know what i mean within a day or so it's not about it's about creating that long-term connection between your your brain and the muscle and then adding movements to that yeah yeah that makes perfect sense and it, it just talks to our you know our previous points of like it's you know you, you can't really just always look for a shortcut you know it's it's sometimes it can take 10 years to form a bad habit or you know like in my case <clears throat> it took it took 15 years for me to ruin my back so you know it's taken me five years to get back to where i can you know work out reasonably well again so you know realistically looking at it from a perspective of you know positivity without that pain you probably wouldn't be where you are now it, you know it's that no, pain that drove you to to biohacking and figuring out if i can fix this myself then i can help others yeah, hundred percent, man, and and it's something that you know that's a very stoic principle. Um, you know, like if you have an easy, comfortable life, you're, you're probably going to end up, you know, quote unquote, you're going to end up in hell, because you never have to push yourself, you never have to grow, you never have to become a better person, you know. And um, you know, when, when I look at my own life, like the best people I know are the ones that have went through hell. The ones that had such a terrible life and and forced themselves to look for solutions and forced themselves to grow and they, and they've all of the ones that I know have turned into incredible people because they've been through hell and they know what it's like, whereas the people who are you know b- born with a silver spoon or um, just born with perfect health never have any challenges they just end up being soft and comfortable you know which. You know, on the surface, it sounds lovely to have an easy life, but you know, you don't. If your life is too easy, you're not forced to grow. Um, so that's a that's a really great point. Um, what? I I actually there's um there's a couple of guys that uh, recently have come to me um uh, and you know it, it's amazing because every day is a school day, right? Um, Alex, Alex is one of them. He's a he's a jujitsu practitioner. He's uh he's very very good. He he's lived in America and now he's I think he studied philosophy, but he's moving back to France. And then there's another gentleman, JC, and the two of them are really they're young, but they're really really you know they've got uh they're they're um they've got a very wise head on their shoulders for young guys, you know, and they do come from quite well to do families, but they don't, you know, they don't. Uh, they don't necessarily come across as as you know th- that kind of spoilt type yeah, of yeah. Uh, attitude. You know they're they're yeah they're really you know great guys. Um, and the reason I mention that is you know w- um, JC one of them had a um, he had an accident where um, he um, he lost part of uh, one of his arms. You know and uh, you know that would have put a lot of people you know into a, a negative mind frame. And uh, this guy is super strong. He trains so well. And uh, like you said, I mean, um, you know, uh, coming through adversity 
can make you really stronger. And I mean, this guy's got, that. you know, a fantastic attitude. And, and as a result, uh, you know, he's got a fantastic group of friends. And I think maybe that trauma made all of their bond better and uh, gave them a, a more stoic outlook. And, um, yeah. you know, their their training routines are very, very strong. And they, yeah, they, they really have uh, made themselves better through this adversity. And you're dead right. I think that can really and truly uh, build a character. Yeah. Hundred percent, and you know, I kind of came up with my own little, my own little saying about this, and it goes like this: the most beautiful flowers only grow when you cover them in a big pile of shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, well, so um, okay. So, no, you can take that one. It's beautiful. You can use it. Use it. Um, Okay, cool. So that that EMS, I've actually done it myself. I've done it with um, one of your trainers that actually, you know, she was responsible for introducing us in the beginning. But I, I did one of the, I did, I think, one or two EMS sessions with your Ultimate Body Tech. And it was incredible, man. It, um, it, it was kind of uncomfortable at first. And then, but then when, you know, when Georgie took me through the, the routine and the workout, I really, really felt it. And look, thinking about it now, that was actually, you know, one of the things that, that kick-started my glutes again, because after my back injury, you know, like my glutes completely switched off and I was, you know, doing everything with my spine and that, and that made everything worse. But now that you mention it, I, I remember like, you know, activating my glutes then, getting more in touch with them and, that was definitely the path to redemption for my back. Um, you've got it. You've, you've, yeah. No, I, I highly recommend it. Um, you know, we'll definitely link that. Ultimate Body Tech's based in London, correct? Awesome, awesome. We'll we'll link to that if anybody's interested in checking that out. Um, and then I know you've got you were telling me about uh, another business you've you've just launched or you're about to launch. It uh, called More Fit. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, so you know, just to kind of give you a little bit of a uh, or give the listeners a little bit of a, an idea, a background. Um, I've mentioned this before, and it's kind of something that I I kind of dreamed of about ten years ago when I was. Um, I was still doing different study, different courses and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, the ecosystem idea, the idea of uh, kind of surrounding yourself with um, with various different experts, you know, as a person. And, uh, you know, also that would include, you know, your friends and the people you work out with and everything else, that kind of ecosystem. But it's the same with health. So my goal was to set about creating that ecosystem for people to survive in. Uh, and that included, you know, biohacking included a lot of things. But uh, my ecosystem was the um, was a, a you know a a gym that would allow you or a, a fitness studio that would allow you to to work out um, through brief workouts but intense workouts using EMS and other forms of training, uh, you know, twice three times a week. Um, and then also um, we have a company called Fitness Adventure Travel. And the idea was that once or twice a year, you would use this fitness and go on a healthy holiday to almost fast track your body. Um, and then um, the, the morph.fit is essentially uh, an accumulation of all this. It's uh, like a mixture of the Deliveroo for fitness and the... Um, uh, you know, people going to your houses or trainers going to your house uh, and delivering a, a similar type service. 
Um, but the okay. backdrop of that is that we have a uh, what no, what's known as a fitness passport. So we collect information on your body that will allow us to help you get to where you're going in the minimum amount of time. Wow. So, yeah. So the three of them are almost in unison. The goal is people can uh, maximize their time and get fit in, in, you know, in a healthier lifestyle rather than just, you know, you're going to get fit, the summer's coming, you're going to get in the best shape and then you're going to get, forget all about it and you're on this kind of same, you know, uh, up and down. Roller coaster. Yeah, roller coaster, a yo-yo routine where you're, you know, you're miserable, you're uh, rather than that, you know, we I want to create a support system, an ecosystem where you you have something to strive for. Whether that's a a weekend away where you're kayaking with your friends, whether it's you know um, a trainer you can't make it at your a trainer comes to your house once a week, or you go to a studio once a week, or you do an online training once a week. Whatever we can do to bridge that gap to keep uh-huh. you on track, you know that's that's the goal. So make it easy, make it accessible. Stay surround your people with those, surround yourself with those experts. That's that's okay. the, that's the whole point of philosophy. I think that sounds great. And you're looking at you know what is an end goal for a busy professional, you know rationalizing that, identifying a plan, and what is the minimum effective dose because people are busy at the end of the day, as you've mentioned. And what is the minimum amount of time required in the gym doing things that are taking them away from their career and their family to get to that goal? And I think that's really a good approach to it. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think we're all, you know, I think uh, in many ways, you know, James and Brian, our, our journeys are quite similar. You know, I mean, we see things and we kind of uh, we want to tell everyone about them. We want to make them available. You know, it's it's not it's not because we have to. It's not because we want to sell something. It's because we enjoy the journey so much that we say, like, hey, listen, try this. I think you'll love it. And that's essentially where I, our, our thought process process comes from. And. You know, and it's it's quite a similar journey, the three of us. I love that. Um, and you've actually reminded me of uh, another little saying that I invented for myself that I'm, I'm going to give to both. I'm going to give to both of you to, to use. And it goes like this. I my one of my goals is to earn the right to inspire other people. I like that. I think I'll so, definitely take, I'm going to take that one. I'm not taking the other def- one about the poo. Definitely take that one. Uh, use it. Use it as your own. It's perfect. Um, and and that that rolls in perfectly to um, our last segment. Uh, we're we're kind of experimenting with um, a couple of different things that we want to you know just kind of make the podcast a little bit more interesting. So the first one of those, I'm going to run it by you. Um, I um you know I've been reading about Stoic philosophy for uh, you know a year and a half right now and really really enjoyed it. It really got me out of um you know a really tough situation that I was in emotionally a few years ago, um, and Stoic philosophy was was one of those things. So what James and I are, are kind of experimenting with is um reading a page out of a book called The Daily Stoic, um, and this is a, a book by Ryan Holiday. We'll we'll always link it in in the show notes. But basically, the idea behind the Daily Stoic is that um, every day has a page. So every page is, is dated. Um, I won't bother reading out the date because, you know, we're, we're, we're not sure when this podcast is going to come out exactly. Um, but everything we've talked about today and, and the page that I was going to read today, it's, it's perfect. So if it's okay with Rob and James, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read uh, a page out of the Daily Stoic and 
Um, if there's anything that comes to mind for, for you two guys, then we can definitely talk about it. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a little read right now. This, uh, this page is called, Don't Be Inspired, Be Inspirational. Let us also produce some bold act of our own and join the ranks of the most emulated. That was Seneca. It was common in Greek and Roman times, just as it is now, for politicians to pander to their audience. They would lavish, lavish effusive praise on the crowd, on their country, on inspiring military victories of the past. How many times have you heard a political candidate say, this is the greatest country in the world? As orator Demosthenes pointed out, will gladly sit for hours to hear a speaker who stands in front of some famous or sacred landmark, praising our ancestors, describing their exploits and enumerating their trophies. But what does this flattery accomplish? Nothing. Worse, the admiration of shiny accolades distract us from their true purpose. Also, as Demosthenes explains, it betrays the very ancestors who inspire us. He concluded his speech to the Athenian people with the words that Seneca would later echo and still resounds centuries later. Reflect then, he said, that your ancestors set up those trophies, not that you may gaze on them in wonder, but that you may also imitate the virtues of the men who set them up. The same goes for quotes in this book and for other inspiring words you might hear. Don't just admire them. Use them. Follow their example. The end. <laughs> you know, so I just thought that was perfect because, yeah, I don't know. It's just like... I think, you know, it's a journey, right? I think everybody's on their own journey. Right. It's like uh, there's a our jiu-jitsu coach, uh, Mike Russell, he always says that, like, you know what? The belt that I give you is for you. It's a different belt than whoever else. You might have, a you know, a, another purple belt, another blue belt who's on a different journey. It's completely different. And, he, you know, it's a great philosophy. So you're you're on your own journey, your track. Doesn't matter what everybody else It's not the same grade. It's a different grade for you because it's individualized. And. That's the same as, as I think, uh, fitness and life. Really, mm. from a fitness perspective and a health perspective, I think uh, you got to kind of find what works for you and surround yourself with those people that can advise you best and help you best and, uh, yeah, stay happy and healthy through it. Awesome. And, and, and like you say, it's um, uh, something that I think is important for people that can that can form like a, a support for people is you know if someone's like trying to lose a bunch of weight or you know whatever they're trying to do they're trying to do jujitsu or they're trying to just improve their life and it, and it can seem overwhelming um something that one of my um one of my biggest inspirations said was success leaves clues so find someone who's done what you want to do and read their book, listen to their podcast, take their course, do something because success leaves clues. Um, we're, we're nearly done, Rob. It's been, uh, it's been amazing. I've been making notes about everything you've been talking about. Uh, we're going to leave it all in the show notes. 
there's so much to there's so much to go on there brother uh, i'm gonna check out you know i want to check out that soas saddle for sure because uh, i suffer with that but uh, the last little segment we have it's a, a little quick fire round we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna blast a couple of questions at you um just the first thing that comes to mind nothing serious um so if you're ready to go i'm gonna ask you right now what is your favorite book uh, my favorite book, I think, is probably Key Person of Influence. Well, at the moment, it changes, but Key Person of Influence by Daniel Priestley. Um, uh-huh. I really, yeah, it's kind of like, uh, it just it just helped me get through stuff, uh, you know, when I was finding a little bit of a, uh, a mental block about things that were going on, and I kind of, it reiterated different things to me on what, you know, what I should be doing and what I shouldn't be doing, and and it brought things back to my back to the forefront of my mind you know and it's you know it's it's uh it's not marketing but it's just about you know again it's about putting yourself on the path of your own journey that's kind of what it's about and it's related to business you know that's that's it's a great book like I've, actually, I've actually read that one myself it's also it's a fantastic book yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 so there's a couple i mean i would say there's a few books that i i have that i, I refer back to you know um mm. that are yeah, sorry. Go. I'll go with that one for now. Awesome. Favorite hack? <laughs> well, come back to me. It might be peptides in about six weeks. Oh, uh, cool. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, listen, uh, my favorite hack, I'm, you know, I'll tell you what I'm combining at the moment, you know, not to blow your trumpet, but, uh, you know, this, um, you know, red light rising and their half stack combined with uh, the the morning um, Wim Hof breathing. That's that's Beautiful. definitely that that's at my forefront at the moment. So uh, those fifteen minutes, you know, I get up and I look forward to them. And uh, and I you know I'll uh, touch base with you. So I'm I'm fifteen minutes of of nakedness and and Wim Hof breathing with a red light in front of me. That's thank you, red light rising. Beautiful. Thank you so much for saying that. Um, I guess that would kind of cover our next question as well. Our next question was going to be, what's your favorite piece of tech right now that you might be using? Yeah, I mean, uh, I would have to go with, uh, you know, definitely the, the, the half stack. And I would say probably, you know, the, the, the Hypervolt is fantastic. The, uh, the gun, oh, nice. and they've got a roller. They've got a vibrating nice. roller as well. So that's helped me. And I suppose then again, look, then I've got the SOAS as well, because those three things kind of go hand in hand. I know it sounds crazy, but, you know, I don't do them in isolation, you know. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's that's an that's an ecosystem of hacks. That's beautiful. It's you know, we call that stack stacking your hacks. You know, if you sit in front of a red light and do the Wim Hof, you're doing two things at once, stacking your hacks, saving a little bit of time. It's beautiful. And then our last question for you, what is one piece of advice you wish you could have given yourself 10 years ago or 15 years ago? 15 years ago, um, I would say, listen to your body. <laughs> listen to your body, you know, less is more. And, uh, and um, you know, I'm an extremist. So what I do, I used to do like, you know, full throttle for uh you know maybe three months and give up everything else and just focus on that one thing and i think uh that's a recipe for four steps forward and three back Mm -hmm. so i Mm -hmm. i think it's much you know take smaller steps and um and i think uh yeah listen to your body and and 
you know, one other thing that really resonated with me, actually, when you just said that, right? Um, I remember when I was a kid, right? I was always, I don't know, I was probably egotistical, too egotistical. And, uh, you know, your ego can lead you wrong, you know, very, very wrong. And uh, deep down, it's actually a fear. It's a fear of, of failure, I think, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I had a deep fear of failure. And instead of, instead of kind of facing that fear at a young age, I'd kind of run away from it. And um, I would just, you know, say, ah, you know, that's not for me. Or, you know, I would maybe just, uh, you know, bad mouth something and say, oh, you know, that's nonsense. Where it was actually a deep rooted fear in myself. And, I, you know, I would say the same in, you know, having having idols. You know what I mean? Reading books that are, are, uh, are out there. So if it was that idea that you said success leaves clues. I mean, that's definitely something that resonates with me. You know, if I had, you know, an idea that follow the the footsteps and read, you don't have to, you don't have to idolize people. You don't have to put people on a pedestal. Um, But filling yourself with with that information, I think, uh, listen to your body and then following those that have gone through similar situations before and absorb that information as much as possible. I think that's, that's definitely key. So I would have yeah, left yeah. a paragraph for myself. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. And I mean, you, you, again, you make a great point there, you know, like um, there's a reason why some of the most successful people on the planet, whether they're, you know, businessmen or athletes or, you know, you name it, there's a reason why all of them say read, 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 read. That was amazing. Rob, thank you so much. It's been absolutely fantastic talking to you. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. Certainly learned a lot. Um, James, is there anything you'd like to leave us with before we sign off? Just want to say a personal thanks to, to Rob as well. He's a truly inspiring guy. Um, if you look at his Instagram feed, he's in incredible shape. He's super healthy and he definitely knows what he's talking about. So loads of great tips we can learn from you today. James, thank you so much. Amazing. Brian, thank you so Amazing. much. It's absolute pleasure. I'm honoured to be on your podcast. And, uh, you know, I think you guys have uh, you've hit the nail on the head with everything you're doing. And I'm sure that we'll uh, we'll continue to 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 work in unison to make the yes, world a better place. We'll we'll definitely get you back on again. Um, thank you for listening, guys. I hope uh, hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you did enjoy it, or even if you didn't enjoy it, please take the time just to leave us some feedback. Obviously, we want to get better. We don't want to waste your time. So um, visit us on uh, iTunes or anywhere that you get your podcast and leave us a little review. We really appreciate it. Until next time, guys. Thank you so much. We'll see you soon. Goodbye.